Hello everyone, today is May 23rd, and if it's Sunday, then this is the Delve. The violence between Israel and Palestinians has escalated rapidly. There have been clashes at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. Hamas is launching rocket attacks on Israel. Israel's carrying out airstrikes in Gaza. And the funerals have begun, with deaths on both sides. I just want to say to the international community that this is the end of Hong Kong. This is the end of one country, two system. Make no mistake about it, that Beijing, the central people's government, has completely breached its promise to the Hong Kong people. A promise that was enshrined in the Sino-British Joint Declaration and the Basic Law. And they are now completely walking back on their obligation owed to the Hong Kong people. Protests in Colombia over a proposed tax plan and accusations of police brutality have killed more than three dozen people in the past two weeks. The uprising started late last month when Colombian President Duque proposed a tax hike on the middle class. The government said the money would have been used to ease the strain of the pandemic, but critics say the plan would have caused more than three million Colombians to fall back into poverty. Over the last few years, the world has witnessed protests like never before. From Israel and Palestine in the Middle East, to Hong Kong and India and Asia, all the way to Venezuela and Colombia and South America. Today we see terrible scenes coming from around the globe, and it's quite difficult to keep track. According to the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, over 230 significant anti-government protests have erupted worldwide since 2017. More than 110 countries have experienced some type of significant protest movement. Yes, 110 countries. And the grievances go across the spectrum. Folks are fighting against police brutality, tax proposals, COVID-19 restrictions, election fraud, corruption, farm bills. The list goes on and on. And they're not likely to fizzle out. Through rainstorms, scorching heat, through a pandemic, protest movements have made themselves heard and visible. With the advent of social media, protests are now in-person and digital, both physical and cyber. An injustice in, in America now reverberates around the globe. An issue in India finds support across continents. Social media has allowed us to see a reality that is quite visible to some people while being completely invisible to most others. And in the middle of a pandemic, without much to do than binge Netflix, each and every one of us, we're now taking greater notice of what's happening in the world. And we're able to see in real time what's going on in some of the most tragic situations. For this segment, I want us to delve into the protest movement unfolding in Colombia. The demonstration started on April 28th, 
and were initially in opposition to a proposed tax reform. The government argued that the reform was key to mitigating Colombia's economic crisis. Colombia's GDP dropped by nearly 7% last year, the deepest crash in half a century. Unemployment shot up as the coronavirus wreaked havoc on the economy. The proposed reform would have lowered the threshold at which salaries are taxed, affecting anyone with a monthly income of $684 or more. It would also have eliminated many of the current exemptions enjoyed by individuals, as well as increasing taxes imposed on businesses. The rallies on April 28th were organized by Colombia's biggest trade unions, but were also joined by many middle-class people who feared the changes could see them and their families slip into poverty. And, and let's talk about the role poverty plays in Colombia. Many of the protesters' demands are centered around Colombia's high levels of inequality. The pandemic has made the lives of many Colombians very tough, with unemployment rising and 3.6 million Colombians being pushed into poverty. In cities like Cuebdo, in the north, 30% of people live in extreme poverty. And even in Medellin, Colombia's economic capital, extreme poverty is at 9%. Some of the protesters are asking for universal basic income. They're saying only this will ease inequality. Colombia's younger generation is demanding that tuition fees be lowered so that more people can access universities. That's not a bad ask. And even more, Colombians are demanding that the government does more to protect rural, indigenous, and Afro-Colombian communities. These groups have been hit particularly hard during the pandemic. Tens of thousands of people marched in the capital, Bogota, but there were also demonstrations in other major cities and smaller towns. After four days of protests, President Ivan Duque announced he would withdraw the bill. But the protests didn't stop. Police became very aggressive and launched a major crackdown. Here's a little more. The office of the so-called Immediate Reaction Unit Police Force in the city of Popayan set ablaze after allegations of abuse of a detainee who later took her own life. The alleged incident of abuse upped the ante for activists in cities like Bogota. The protests actually started April 28th to oppose suggested tax increases on fuel, wages, and pensions. Those proposals were withdrawn, but they helped pull young people onto the streets as reports emerged of police brutality, deaths, and disappearances. The violence, the excessive use of the police, and the armed forces in general have touched my emotions. So it was obvious that I would come and speak out. We have a clear agenda, police reform and the scrapping of the health law. And how does this government respond? Assaulting our sisters, killing us. This is a clear example of social discontent. This is no longer about political parties. People are tired of the killings. That's why we're here. Colombia's deputy attorney general says a task force has been formed to look into allegations of police abuse. The government has shown interest in meeting with protesters as well, but tear gas, death, and disappearances have kept opposition leaders on the streets, 
trying to dodge whatever security forces are throwing their way. And as Colombia enters its fourth week of protest, the deaths continue to rise. Citizens are asking the state to hold police accountable. They're asking for some justice. Here's another bit. These demonstrators in Cali are headed for the Pan-American Highway to blockade one of Colombia's most important trade routes. Their protests have met fierce resistance, including being shot at. Organizers say the justice system has shown no interest in investigating the shooting. So far, we have not been informed about any investigation. Also, nothing about our people who have gone missing or about the women raped by police officials. The state doesn't listen. It's a dictatorship that's oppressing the people more and more. Human rights activists have joined in. Organizers see them as a way to increase visibility for their cause. The people ask us to help so that the international community contributes. We need the international community to contribute so that life is respected in this country during this absolutely dignified struggle for justice. That struggle has cost the lives of almost 50 people in recent weeks, according to human rights activists. In this Cali neighborhood, people offer evidence of the violence they've faced. They claim that security forces shoot at them with live ammunition and point to these bullet holes as proof. This little hole was caused by these things the police shoot at us. They insist that they shoot rubber bullets, but look at this. What started as a rally against tax reform has turned into more than two weeks of protests. President Duque has ruled out one of the protesters' main demands, dismantling the riot police. Yet he has tried to strike an optimistic note at head of talks with the National Strike Committee, but urged demonstrators to clear the roads that they have blocked. He recently said, Yes to conversation, but no to roadblocks. Colombia has to pull together to move forward after all the blows we were dealt during the pandemic. He also addressed young people in Cali, one of the epicenters of the protest, tweeting, we know of your demands and proposals, and there will be a space to hear you out and talk about the issues worrying you. Let's together reach concrete solutions quickly. These are the words we hear from leaders repeatedly. Leaders need to do better. A lot of us are thousands of miles away from protests, but I encourage you to find local organizations to donate to and help folks on the ground. It's not enough to be digital protesters or cyber warriors. You can step up and take it further. For Colombia, check out WOLA, W-O-L-A dot org. This organization is fighting for human rights throughout the Americas with a particular focus on Colombia right now. 
with the recent conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, I donated to both the Palestine Red Crescent and the Israeli Red Shield. These groups are under the Red Cross, and they're helping folks directly affected by the fighting. I applaud you all for becoming more involved in the world's greatest struggles. Let's help our brothers and sisters create a better world. Thank you for listening in. This is Jalen Askew, and you've been listening to The Delve. I'll see you next Sunday for our season finale, if you can even believe that. I'll see you then.